This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Tonight, Panorama focuses on the terrace gangs who follow one small second division club, Millwall, in London's Dockland. That is involved, including in our film, language you don't usually hear on television. And I'm not going away with some dirty Norman punts to spit all over me. If he spits over me, I'm not going to play glass of tea. Ladies and gentlemen, broadcasting from beautiful South Bermondsey, this is Achtung Millwall. Bubble, bubble, toil and trouble. Welcome to Actung Millwall. My name is Nick Hart, dear listener. Welcome around the world to you all to a den fraught with turmoil and outrageous comments by the manager after a sloppy old defeat up at Peterborough on Tuesday night. Talk of players not hurting enough. Talk of players being dropped and changes made. Very dramatic, like one of the Portuguese telenovelas that I took in whilst I was away on holiday last week. And what do we get? Much the same kind of team as we had before. Ever felt like you've been had? Today's Millwall line-up in the aftermath of Neil Harris's post-match comments up at London Road. The line-up today is uh, Jordan Archer in goal. There was a big question mark hanging over some of the dirty big bollocks of the squad, some of the inflated egos of the squad, some of the superstar wannabes of the squad. Well, Jordan Archer's in, the, in goal. Back line today, um, Joe Martin, Tony Craig. Tony Craig holds his place. Um... Marlon Romeo and Byron Webster across the back line. Midfield, Williams returns, Shawnee Williams, in place of the disgrace Jimmy Abdu. Disgrace, he's a man that's been dropped, therefore he must be the super ego, one of the Nietzschean super egos of the squad. I'm only joking, Jimmy, I think you're probably a more down-to-earth member of the squad who knows exactly what he can and can't do. Anyway, um, Sean Williams returns. Ben Thompson in midfield. Warrell returns. O'Brien on the right-hand side, up front, the dynamic duo, Steve Morrison, Lee Gregory. What do we make of this past week, dear listener? I followed it from afar on the Algarve. These are the quotes that Neil Harris said after that shocking 5-1 defeat. I mean, everyone, all the reports I've read up there and all of the people that I, voices that I know and trust, have said what a, a weak, lily-livered performance it was from the Millwall side up there. Neil Harris speaking after said, I'll pick a team on Saturday of players that are committed to playing for this club, players that I believe in. Continue on, he said, it hurts me and it will hurt a lot of players in my dressing room, but some... Some I'm not sure of. My emphasis there. Some I am not sure of. Well, big words. Um, bold talk. Was it wise, as Sergeant Wilson would have asked on Dad's Army? That I don't know. Um, words like um, they were crap, the squad were crap, and some will have to find a new club. Some have a, an inflated opinion of themselves. The masters of the trade, and I'm thinking here of the very top level, Mourinho, the Alex Fergusons, etc., etc., Use the press conference to divert attention away from the squad and dirty linen. Dirty washing is done in the laundrier, as my old name would have called it. In the laundrier, not in public. There we are. That's the way Neil Harris is. He's an emotional man, and we're all emotional, though. We're fans. He's the manager. And um, I really do think that um, the outburst, shall we call it the outburst with capital letters, 
is, um, well, maybe we're, we're going to know by the end of today's proceedings whether it was effective or not. We shall see. I've dug out a quotation for you, though, listeners. I know you like this kind of stuff. This is why you tune into this show. Um, but I've, I've just dug out a, quote, a quotation from Thomas Jefferson, one of the um, founding fathers of the USA, United States of America Constitution. Um, there, Jefferson, a man of some wisdom, um, said, when angry, count to ten before you speak. If you are very angry, Neil, count to 100, said Thomas Jefferson, slave owner and man who spoke of the rights of man. But hey, bit of politics there for you, listeners. So count to 100 is Thomas Jefferson's advice for Neil Harris, almost certainly. So a huge game in prospect this afternoon. It's a, a blustery, sunny, blustery day. It's an odd combination of... Um, High wind, warm sunshine, hint of rain. You really don't know what to get next, and I think that's going to be a, a summary of um, the next 90 minutes as it unfolds. We don't know what we're going to get next. Will we get the apocalypse? Is it apocalypse now, or is it apocalypse postponed, as I just tweeted? We'll know by 4.55, that's for sure. Sheffield United come into the game winless in seven since beating Shrewsbury back in April. So they've not had a win since April. So they'll be hurting badly and they will want to set that right today. The previous game back in March is described on the News of Den as a raucous, raucous affair, raucous den. Sheffield United manager Chris Wilder speaking to the, the press says, We know what's coming. It might be seen as intimid an intimidating place to go, but that's only in the stands, not on the pitch. Out there, it's 11 versus 11. That's, I'm sounding like Brian Clough here, aren't I? Nothing more, nothing less. It's our players versus their players, and we have to make sure we do whatever it takes to win. It is intimidating in the stands, Chris, and I'm going to let you know something here, mate. The stands are only about three yards from the pitch, so I think it will have an impact if it is as intimidating as these teams always tell us it's not down here. Meine Damen und Herren, Achtung, Milwei. Few pre pre-match tweets. John's Junglist UK. John's Junglist UK says, "What does this team selection show to you? That as long as you're mates with a gaffer, form doesn't matter." He's referring there, of course, to the controversial continuation with Tony Craig in central defence. Mates with a gaffer, you're in the team. Says John. Michael Will says the reveal is, is that Abdu is seen as the culprit. That's about as more akin to Maggie Simpson shooting Mr. Burns. Shame on you, Mr. Abdu. He says. Um, Merv Payne compares it with the announcement of today's team of the Who Killed Lucy Bill Fury in EastEnders. And Merv, always with an ironic tone, says it appears to be a similar anti-climax. Robert Lyons says, be ruthless, Neil. Yes, be ruthless. And once again, Merv offers up the possible spin on today's team selection after Tuesday night's words by Neil Harris. There may have been a clear the air in inverted commas meeting since Tuesday. Um, or otherwise, possibly the, uh, the squad just isn't fit enough to offer to clear out half the, half the team and replace them with, what, schoolboys, basically. So maybe that's that's the uh, the bigger picture there. I don't know, listeners. Beautiful day in South Bermondsey. The flags are erect, standing erect in the strong winds. The St George's Cross flanked by the two roaring lions on the docker stand opposite me. Puffy white clouds, bits of blue sky, brilliant sunshine on the pitch. Emerald, an emerald jewel set in South Bermondsey this afternoon. Nice, comfortable tension for football, though. Got a crowd behind the lines, as ever. Let's see what we're going to get. I'm just approaching kickoff. It's going to be Sheffield United to take the, the kickoff, attacking towards the Coblo lane end in the first half. Mill attacking the away end. And away we go. After a week of high drama, it's nice to get back to the football. Worrell, of course, injured on the uh, on Tuesday night's game with a hamstring issue of some sort. I'm hoping that's been sorted out. We've seen there's a little loose ball backwards there. It's Lee Gregory in the sniff. In the sniff, that's a strange expression, just occurred to me. Has a slightly seedy kind of air to it. Lee Gregory in the sniff there, but the ball taken away by the Sheffield United defence. Good to see we're all back. I liked him on the showing of the opening game against Oldham. I haven't seen anything since. Good early tackle from Ben Thompson there on the one and a half minutes. A little ball flick forward. This is Lee Gregory on the right side of the Sheffield United penalty area. He's doing his little jingy bit. Gets a good, decent crossing. That's fine. Trying to find Sean Williams in the far post. Headed away uh, to Marlon Romeo now and Belton Thompson. That halfway inside the Sheffield half. 
bright start from the Lions here. Sign of things to come. Now I'm going to sound like I'm picking out on Tony Craig. I don't mean just two minutes, just a basic hoof forwards from the Sheffield United goalkeeper there. Craig backtracking furiously, just about got his head to it and almost gave it a, a skimmed header that almost went for a, a corner there. Um, Craig, for me, needs to improve his defensive qualities if he is to command his place in the team. The fact that Neil Harris is being seen as showing um, favouritism and that's, that's the accusation that's been levelled online this week, especially after the two poor performances um, in, in parts up at Milton Keynes and certainly on Tuesday night at Peterborough. Favouritism can only be destructive, can't it? Big accusation to make, isn't it? If you form cliques within any organisation, within any team, it promotes bad feeling, and maybe that's what some of which burst in that almighty squeezing of a spot on Tuesday night in that press conference. Here comes Sean Williams. This is Aidan O'Brien down the left-hand side. Three minutes, three and a half minutes, pulled into the box. Needed to be stronger. He's going towards Lee Gregory. That's going to be cleared by the Sheffield defence. Nice-looking break. He's headed backwards. going to go for a goal kick. Nothing brings the Millwall crowd into play other than a good crunching tackle especially on um, foppish winger types from uh, Northern Sides or Crystal Palace. Uh, one of my first early experiences actually was uh, the game against Crystal Palace back in the very early 70s and Palace had um, a, a blonde player called Alan Whittle, older uh, listeners will remember Alan Whittle, and he got the dog's abuse at the den and they get called Albino, that was the, 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 the choice of word of the blokes near me where I was standing on a halfway line. You Albino cunt Whittle, that's what they kept going. You cunt Albino Whittle. We, you Albino cunt Whittle. You get a drift. All over the top, trying to find Warriors caught offside. Five minutes, five and a half minutes. But that's the way to bring the middle crowd into it. Go and attack somebody. Us older blokes go on and on about the old den, don't we, listeners? I'm sure younger listeners must be bored, rigid with hearing about it. But honestly, it was the heart and soul of this club. Everything you see around you nowadays was formed there. And for those of us who are privileged to have uh, watched that football in all those, what, 20 odd years, 25 years in my case, till it was demolished. Well, we, uh, privilege is the word, it's all I can think of. I was watching some of the YouTube highlights of that awful show, that horror show up at Peterborough the other night, and one thing that did strike me, I know you can't gather much from YouTube highlights, was the casualness, that's a casualness of the midfield, the, the, um, the watching of players run past you. Well, that's not on show so far as we approach eight minutes. Ben Thompson has um, come with a brief clearly to sort that aspect of our play out, and Sean Williams obviously will bring more passing ability than perhaps was evident the other night. Nice turn there by Lee Gregory. Little ball through from Aidan O'Brien. Gregory on the left-hand side. Pass it back to Romeo Martin. How can I confuse Marlon Romeo and Joe Martin? Ten, ten minutes gone. A little bit of passing by Sheffield United. About halfway inside the middle half. So over on the right-hand side as they attack. Ten, coming up for the 11th minute. The China workspace. The cross comes into the middle box. Across the six-yard line. No one can get on the end of it. Romeo brings it away over on the far side on the right. Cross into the box, that's going to go for a mill corner. Wall's uh, cross was fought by the Sheffield defender, kind of um, took an angle and went out of play and came back in again. So the linesman's raised his flag for a mill corner. 13 minutes. Worrell takes, swings it in. He's aiming for Webster. The big man's head goes inches wide there. This is Williams from distance. That's one nil. Surely Williams! Shot from outside the penalty area. Beautifully placed in the right hand corner. Fantastic goal, 1-0, that'll settle nerves. Well, Webster's just taken a bit of a tumble in the box, so I'm going to stay with that whilst Mr. Byron now reads out the goal score. Uh, Byron's down on the six-yard line, so it's a worrying moment in the moment of glory of 1-0. Beautiful strike from Sean Williams, just watching the replay on the big screen. Um, just outside the edge of the D, on the edge of the penalty, a low shot, bottom right-hand corner. Goalkeeper nowhere near it. Such a crucial element in our defensive line now, Byron Webster. Who would have thought that a year ago? Um, he's just had to leave the field for the halfway line whilst the game restarts in this bizarre rule that I, I think is absolute nonsense. But anyway, there we are. So he's going to wait the um, referee signal to return. And he's back in into the fray. Sheffield United on the attack here, just coming down the middle. Trying to work a little bit of space through the centre. We've looked vulnerable for that central space the other night. We've, we've looked a little bit rattly there. Anyway, we'll bring it away. There's a Sheffield player with a blonde um, highlight. I mean, last seen on George Michael circa 1990. 
something before that awful Los Angeles toilet business. And he's drawing a little bit of wolf whistling from the mill crowd, ball into the box. Oh, post, inches wide there, a little cross across the mill box. Big man at the far post. Looks like he's been put round by a mill defender for a Sheffield corner. 17 minutes, let's worry about that and not the George Michael wannabe. So in comes a Sheffield corner, near post ball. Morrison heads it up and away. And we'll uh, get the rebounded clearance and hoofs it clear. Nice little flick on head up there. This is Gregory almost making a burst through. Gonna go for a middle throw, danger over. Come up for 20 minutes. A little bit of pressure still from the United forwards. Working the ball out right. They'll be getting a reaction for their manager, Wilder. Oh, 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 sloppy defence. It's gone in off the defender, Craig, as he deflected in the net. That was just a kind of a hopeful shot into the centre of the six-yard box. It looks like Craig has deflected it in by his body language. Oh, one each. Let's have a look at it again on the big screen. 21 minutes gone. Game tired, one all. They're not showing him. Maybe they don't show embarrassing moments for Tony Craig on manager's orders or something. I don't know. Sense of the wind being taken out of our collective sails at the moment around the ground. You can feel it in the crowd. I'm hoping the, the players find something to dig into. They're going to need to because that was a basic error in defence. Yet another one. How many is that now in, in, in the last week or so? 24 minutes on the clock. One all at the moment. Mill pressing to get back into it. The ball's thrown into the box. It's bobbling around. It's going to fall to Williams. Almost unleashes another volley from the edge of the Pensier. They close that one down. All bobbling around is inside the Sheffield penalty area. Free kick now. Marlon Romeo clips over on the right hand side. Shout for handball before that. Would have been a harsh call. Mill free, free kick over on the right side, about five yards outside the edge of the penalty area. There's Joe Martin on the ball. He has the air of a man sizing up a shot. I'm wondering whether we, we go for the cross. It's a crossable situation. Will he go for a shot? Well, he's, he's got some form for having punts from distance. It would be nice if he could have a go. It's going to be a cross into the box. Flick header from Steve Morrison over the bar. Nice move, 26 minutes. We've got to regard themselves as um, unlucky. Is it? No, it's not unlucky, actually. It's poor poor workers that has meant that Sheffield United has got back into this game. They're not, it's not unlucky at all. I'm correcting myself there. I nearly said that we're unlucky to be, be to be drawing when we should be leading it. I think we've been the better side in this 26-odd minutes, opening part of the first half. But then if you make a sloppy error in defence, and there's been how many? You know better than me, listen. Um, if, if you keep making sloppy errors and giving goals away, then you start to look at the source of that. Now, today's midfield is different to the one on Tuesday night. There's one common factor. Central defence. Beautiful flick on header by Lee Greg. Almost finds Steve Morrison there. 27 minutes. Crowd well, we get into it now. As the 30th minute approaches, another uh, right-handed side. They've actually caused one or two little issues because I don't like the central defence. I don't know if you can detect from my my tone. I don't have a. I don't know who to replace. I don't know what else is in the in the locker room. But as it comes a ball into the central box again, it flicks across the Mill defence and it's going to go out for a thrown over on the right, the left-hand side as Sheffield attack, as Mill right as Mill defend. The summer signing David Hutchinson, of course, came on up at London Road on Tuesday night, broke down with yet another injury, almost within minutes of coming into the game. Um, rapidly developing a sick note reputation since signing from um, wherever it was he came from. I couldn't, can't, can't honestly remember which club it was he signed from. Was it Oxford? Plymouth? South End, was it? I don't know. Sid Nelson, injured? Is he injured? I don't know. He's not around much, that's for sure. Ball into the box, palmed away. Nice enough by Jordan Archie, only succeeds, only giving possession back to Sheffield United. They're coming into the game somewhat since that goal. Here they come again down the middle, attacking the middle centre. I think they've sussed that the, the, our central defence is an issue, and they're coming down the middle increasingly often. 32 minutes, this is Morrow though. Going for he tries to find Warrell just inside of him. Gets clattered, no free kick given there. Sheffield United bring it away. So it's a decent English game at the moment. You know what I mean by that term, don't you, listeners? It's no holds barred, it's end-to-end. -end. Possibly lacking a little bit of finesse, but fuck me, we enjoy it, don't we? 37 minutes. Sheffield on the attack there. Ball's not cleared by Tony Craig. Uh, and hoofed away in the end by Ben Thompson to nobody. But there was, a, there was a dangerous situation. The crowd are howling for that, but Thompson had to do the work that maybe Craig should have done there. 
I'm sounding like Tony Craig's biggest, biggest critic here. I'm just calling it like I'm seeing it, dear listener. I wish I could see something else. But at the moment, he looks like the weak link in that defence. Last five minutes of the first half. Well, what can we make of this so far? So, so far to say it hasn't been the collapse that we read about um, up at Peterborough on Tuesday. Um, the attitude seems to be correct. Um, I've not seen any preening prima donnas out there in the middle side so far. Whatever's been said, if it has cleared the air, then all well and good. High-risk play by Neil Harris on Tuesday night with his comments after the game, and so far so good for him. Um, but he don't want to be doing that too often, in my humble opinion. There's half-time. Booze. I think booze is harsh. Um, one all at half-time. Mill have allowed Sheffield United back into that game through defensive lapses down the centre. Um, I'm naming Tony Craig as the common factor. I'll probably get slaughtered for that by some, but that's what I see. The goal, Mill goal was a well-taken goal by Sean Williams. The Sheffield reply was a, a, a kind of a soppy little punt into the box, which was flicked, miscued by Tony Craig, went into the net. Um, I'll have a look at the replay. We haven't shown the replay yet, which is interesting. Uh, I'm naming Tony Craig based on my flash memory, so I might be wrong. I, I stand to be corrected when that finally does appear on the screen, if it does. You're listening to Achtung Millwall. Some halftime tweets, always your favourite part of the show. I know, listeners, Doug Hume, Doug Hume sends a message to me saying, oh dear, Craig again. Dan, Dan underscore wall 06 says, sends a message to Mark Beavers, a plaintiff message, just says, miss you, miss you, Mark. Bermondsey boy taking the positives always. He says we were 3-0 down by this time on Tuesday. I suppose that's, a, that's progress. Danny King has nothing left to say about Tony Craig. This is Millwall, wants to bring back David Ford. Lions TV says one old archer at fault for his legs, but I think it was a deflection through his legs from Tony Craig. John Kelly from the uh, News at Den says Tony Craig struggling with Sharp, the Sheffield United player who wins a free kick 40 yards out. Struggling, I think, is a good word for Craig's performance today. Johnny Suntan, controversial again from Johnny, says what a depressing way to spend a Saturday afternoon. Time for Harris, Neil Harris, to call it a day, says Johnny Suntan. I, I'm not so sure about that yet, John. Um, I quite, quite enjoy myself, actually, but anyway. I have a twisted mind. Eddie Toomey says the half-time penalty shootout, a kids' competition in the year going on behind me, is blowing away the game for excitement. MFC versus SUFC. The official club tweet says the swirling wind is impacting on the passing of both teams, with the ball holding up in the air. Well, no, it hasn't. The, the passing has just been poor. I think a good team adapts to the conditions, and the wind has... has yes, it, it's, it's, it, it's been strong. But by young keep, you keep it on the ground, don't you? Don't put it up in the air. What do I know? I'm not a footballer. I am not a footballing genius. What do I know? Play DJ says our midfield is non-existent. Defence never passes for our midfield. And Craig Jones, who is not in the country at the moment, is keeping taps from abroad. But he says it sounds like our weakest link is our captain, like an old dog who's had his day. Old Shep. Old Shep's got to go to the vets. Meine Damen und Herren, Achtung, Müllwald. Are you tired of having no voice at Millwall? Then why not join the AMS, the Association of Millwall Supporters? The AMS is an independent fan group, meaning they're not directly affiliated with the football club and therefore they aim to truly represent the fans' best interests. To join the AMS, visit the hyphen ams.co.uk or if you're on Twitter, go to at a underscore m underscore s underscore group and they will be happy to answer your inquiries. Just a quick update for you listeners, as, as some of you may know, we're sponsoring the AMS's Prediction League the competition this season. Um, go to the, the hyphen ams.co.uk forward slash prediction hyphen league. Um, points mean prizes, we're sponsoring it throughout the season. Current leaders of the Prediction League is a, a chap, I can only pronounce it as Conkers, there's a few um, zeros, threes and fives in there, but it looks like Conkers on 24. Um, tying first place with Yanks for Wall, both on 24 so far. In third place is Cusack, who I believe is a, uh, a journal of some repute. 
um, 23 points, and Spencer on 22, Alfie on 21. So well done to Conkers and Yanks for Wall, leading the uh, AMS CBL Magazine Prediction League. A little bit of Millwall news from the websites. This is from the House of Fun. Um, midfielder, uh, uh, potential for a midfielder to come in. Chief Executive Andy Ambler says there is room in the budget for more incoming signings before the transfer window closes, August 31st, I believe. Um, he says about Harris. Has, has he, Harris, got the ability to bring in one or two? Yes, he has. Will he? He asks. It depends if they're better than what he's got. Well, I can imagine there'd be quite a few choices on that front at the moment. Neil has looked, and we probably need a midfield player. We brought in George Saville last season, but he won't be coming back. He's now regular in the championship week in, week out. That one has gone, as is Jed Wallace, who is playing regularly as well. So we've got to look for the next George Saville or Jed Wallace. So whether that's a signing or a season-long loan, who can say? But certainly, um, I would say central defence is our problem area, uh, judging on today's showing so far. Millwall waiting on a goalkeeping answer, says the news at then on August the 18th. John Kelly writes that... Millwall waiting on an answer from star goalkeeper Jordan Archer after making him an extremely good offer in inverted commas, an extremely good offer. He signed a two-year deal when he was released by Tottenham last summer, so Mill trying to tie up their, their ace goalkeeper. And at the moment, we are awaiting his answer. He's playing today, so clearly he may not be one of the egos, or is he, that we heard so much about last Tuesday. Here come the lines for the second half. Just looking at a couple of more tweets whilst we await the restart of the game. There's Salthouse Salthouse asking Lions Live Radio. We buy a winger, we stick him on the bench, meaning Greg Wilde. Then we play a striker on the wing. He is baffled. And the Lions Live Radio have been pondering the same question. The middle halfway line says, good to see Williams and Marlon playing well. He's not sure about where Aidan O'Brien is meant to be. <clears throat> he has still persistent worries about Tony Craig and Jordan Archer. You and me both, Millwall halfway line. You and me both. So away we go with a second half. Or no, we don't. We have a little fit and start. Away we go with a second half. Did I just say that? Was that Groundhog Day? Am I stuck in an endless time loop continuum? Perhaps I am. Or is this all a dream within a dream where we all wake up and you are all, everyone in this world, a figment of my imagination? What a weird thing to think about as Millwall attack. The cold blow lane ends. Day's taken a grey turn. It's got windy, it's got grey. Slightly cooler than it was at the start of proceedings today. Ball lofted forwards, trying to find... Ball bounced around inside the box. Oh, as Gregory blasts over from close. Ball over the top, finds Lee Gregory for on goal. What can he do? Goalkeeper takes it, rolls loose, unlucky. Gregory should have buried that. He knows it. He says he's, he's saying it to himself. He should have put that one away. Simple ball over the top of the defence. Gregory threw on goal, beat the offside trap, such as it exists. He takes, bubbles a little bit, bubble just in front of him. That was the moment where he, he just gave the uh, goalkeeper a moment to get in front of him. Ball's now backed into the Sheffield box. It's been all milled from the start of the half. Sheffield, Steve Morrison's shot is blocked. It's going to be cleared by the Sheffield defenders. Two minutes of, of, of relentless mill pressure since kickoff. Half-time instructions must have been to get into them a little bit more, get the ball forwards and get after them, basically. Another lump forward there by Byron. It, the defender allows it to bounce. Always a cardinal sin if you're um, playing a route one side. Morrison now puts the ball into box. That's going to go for a mill corner. 49 minutes, mill corner. Lines have opened up, all guns are blazing. Like Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, and they come out of that little um, stable only to find the Mexican army up on the ramparts and they blast them to smithereens. Don't know what analogy I'm trying to make there. Comes a corner, flicked across the box, it's going to run clear. Beautiful ball forward over the top, it's trying to find Lee Gregory, just couldn't make it. Aiden O'Brien left there, it's Helter Skelter Star, it's like the Charles Manson's favourite. Beatles number, held to skill to start. Joe Martin down the left. It's going to be a mill corner. 51 and a half minutes. So here comes a mill corner. Sean Williams takes from the left hand side into the central zone. Headed up and away by the defence. I've got to say, for one of the... They are cursed of the big club syndrome, aren't they? They're clearly struggling in League One. They are a big club with a weight of expectation on their shoulders. At the moment, they look a poor side. We've made them look better at times in that first half than they actually are, I feel. Ball falls edge to Lee Gregory chasing down the goalkeeper. Clears, 53 minutes. Much, much brighter start to the second half by the Lions. Um, we need to start making some of this pressure count. But the signs so far are that we have taken the, the initiative to them. The fire has been taken to them, put it that way. So who are the players with the inflated egos? I'm just looking at Jordan Archer, but clearly he's playing today, so his ego can't be all that inflated. The man dropped was Jimmy Abdu. 
Perhaps Jimmy Abdu has an inflated ego. Perhaps somebody's told Jimmy that he is, in fact, the new Paul Pogba and he's worth 100 million euros or pounds. Who cares? Shot on goal, wide at the right, left-hand post on 57 minutes by the Sheffield forward there. Little scuffy kind of shot. So perhaps Jimmy has the delusions of grandeur. Maybe he wants to buy up the half the Comoros Islands of the amount of wages he feels he's entitled to. Build a Napoleonic chateau, deck it out in Louis XIV style, and maybe lead the life with a powdered wig. And his uh, family is dressed in Marie Antoinette gears. It. Maybe, maybe he doesn't. Maybe he's somebody else. I don't know. Poor old Jimmy, I mean, he's probably a lovely bloke. I don't know him at all personally. Little ball into the box, Sheffield box there. Mill trying to pass the ball around at the other end. This is Steve Morrison now on the right hand side. Inside finds Worrell shot across goal. Was it across? Was it a shot? It's gone wide anyway. Crowd rising to this second half performance. It's been a much more battling, robust second half in the Lions. There's a ball down the right side. Romeo chases and Sheffield can see the throwing down by the right hand side. Corner flag. 59 minutes. A Johan Cruyff-style ball over the top, to the outside of his boot from Byron Webster, of all, of all players there. Forces the Sheffield goalkeeper to concede a throw-in. Down by the right-hand side, Sheffield corner flag. Move on the attack now. Longish throw from Marlon is uh, cleared easily enough by the Sheffield United defence. Ball bouncing around. Webster again, first of the ball. A little dribble. Ball through. Beautiful ball through for Gregory. Can he slot it in? Oh, inches wide! Beautiful dribble by Byron Webster, beautifully weighted ball for Lee Gregory at full stretch, just clips it wide at the right-hand post. And now football, it has the capacity to produce the most unexpected moments, and Byron collected the ball well, went on a little dribble forwards and played a fantastically weighted pass. I've just talked about Johan Cruyff in a piss-takey way. That was a, part, a pass worthy of the top, de- top, the top table. Well done, Byron. Unlucky Lee Gregory. 62 minutes. The faint aroma of herbal cigarettes wafts through the air. This is like Woodstock in 1970 or the Isle of Wight Festival. Almost expect Country Joe and the Fish to open up with going up country or some such number. Mill have had chances, haven't taken them. It remains one all. Sheffield, though, will not count themselves out of this game yet. One lucky break is all they're going to be after. A couple of mid-half tweets whilst a bit of an injury goes on. It's a substitution here. What's going on this? Ferguson's coming in for O'Brien, more of an overt winger, 69 minutes, a couple of tweets here for you, Fred and Abdur out warming up, says John Kelly, uh, for Millwall, who looked the likelier to score in this half, much more of an attacking threat, says John, Andrew MFC says Gregory could have, strokes should have, had a second half hat-trick, he's had some chances, I do agree, Andrew. Ball into the box, across the face of the goal, Joe Martin clears it, a quicker forward line, would have had a goal there for Sheffield United, 72nd minute. We'll ride their luck. 75 minutes, games in the balance, dear listeners. One each, it remains. Sheffield now just pressing forwards a little bit more than they have been for much of this half. Mill have looked the better side, but they have not closed out that advantage. So, 15 to go, and both sides will feel that they can win this match yet. We've just got to stay switched on at the moment. Sheffield are starting passing the ball around our halfway. And we're sitting a little bit deeper at the moment as the 80th minute approaches. And we've just got to stay, stay turned on at the moment, making sure that we close out this game. If we can't win it, at least get a point out of it and try and put that horror show of a week behind us. Lee Gregory limping off the field on the 81 minutes. It's a bad sign, as if we haven't got enough to be going on with. We've got Lee Gregory limping at the moment. Fred's going to come in as a straight replacement for the last eight minutes. Another chance for Fred to do something. 85 minutes, five minutes for the Lions to press forward as they are here. Worrell now on the right-hand side. Five minutes left, 85th minute. Ball into the box. Morrison gets on the end of it, but no power in that header. Taken comfortably enough by the Sheffield goalkeeper. Webster now hoofs the ball forwards. He's trying to find Morrison. Ball falls. This is Ferguson on the left-hand side. What can he do back? Morrison scuffs. Oh! Pushed around the right side of the post by the goalkeeper. Morrison didn't quite connect with that pass back by Shane Ferguson. Scuff shot. It was on target. Took a deflection, in actual fact, and palmed away by the Sheffield goalkeeper. It's going to be a middle corner. Punts it back in again. Cleared again off the line there by the Sheffield defenders. A little bit of pressure for them to, to see through. 87 minutes passes. Morrison for the goal! Bobbing around still. Can Fred do something here? He can't. Falls to Ferguson. This is Martin on the left-hand side. Ball popped back into the middle there. Handball! Handball penalty! 87 minutes! 
Oh, pops in from the left-hand side. Clear handball by the Sheffield defender. Referee points straight to the spot. The crowd want him off. Yellow card. Who's going to take this? Morrison almost, almost certainly. Massive opportunity now to close the game. 88 minutes on the clock. Mill penalty, Steve Morrison to take. Big chance to put this week behind us. What can he do? There he goes. Yeah, 2 1! Stealing Morrison! Come as you fucking well like! Bottom right hand side, slides it home. 2 1! Brilliantly taken, Billy. Calm as you like. Strolls up to it. Oh, he's by Sunday morning newspaper and slides the ball in the bottom right hand side of the Sheffield United goal. 2 1! But that is a happy place, listeners. Mightily relieved, I've got to say. Captain's performance by Steve Morrison today. Five minutes overtime. The city man in the crowds trying to keep the ball, give some verbals to a Sheffield player. Where the ball's gone. One's appeared from the side that someone's nicked the ball. Sheffield on the attack. About two minutes gone of extra time. Gaggle of stewards going over to the far side to the docker stands. Bit of ball nicking going on over there earlier on. Ball swung in now. Into the mix. Ooh, moments. A moment there where it's bouncing around. <clears throat> Pushing and shoving. Referee gives a free kick. Danger moment there. I thought for a moment they had a free header. Cleared as it in the event. They stand and singing and dancing. The docker stand. EIO. There's a final whistle. Two ones and Lions. No more than we deserved in the event. A lot of charges in that second half to win it. <coughs> Not taken. Late, late, late penalty. Coolly slide away by Steve Morrison. Deserved victory for the Lions overall. Um, hopefully that will banish the ghosts of the uh, past week. I do hope so. There's got to be question marks over Tony Craig's pace in the team. Captain's performance today by Steve Morrison. I want to make my man and the match Byron Webster, though. And I thought that was outstanding in central defence. There's a familiar song for you all. Um, my voice is cracking up, as you can hear. So I'm going to close out from today's proceedings. We've been rocking all over the world. We're going to be right back after the break with Dan from Lions TV. You're listening to Achtung Millwall. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. All right, massive welcome on the show to a guest I've been trying to lure on for some time, Mr. Dan Goodwin of Lions TV. Welcome to the show, Dan. Cheers, Nick. Thanks for having me. No, you're very welcome. Loving what you're doing with Lions TV, mate. I think it's a fantastic um, initiative, and I'm really enjoying the, the stuff that you do. I want to talk about that a little bit later, because we, uh, we've got a game to discuss first. But uh, I just wanted to recommend any listeners who haven't yet heard of it, about Lions TV to check out. Lions, Lions underscore TV on, on Twitter, Dan, is it? Uh, at 
TV underscore Lions, yeah. At TV underscore Lions. So don't listen to me for information. Get get it from the horse's mouth. Strange old week we've had at Millwall, Dan. Um, you went. I, I was away in the week, so you went up to Peterborough, I believe, and saw. Yeah, a sh- yeah I was there. Saw a shit show by by the sounds of it. Um, contrast with yesterday in many respects. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't a, a total embarrassment yesterday, mate, was it? No, no. We, I mean, I, I thought I thought we'd bounce back. Um, I said it wouldn't be pretty, and we'd probably grind it out, and, and that's exactly what we did. Um, it was. Uh, it's, it's been a funny week. It reminded me a little bit of um, towards the back of the last season, where we, we was on fire, we was playing well, and all of a sudden we went to Colchester way, just didn't turn up, and then the first half of the following week in Shrewsbury. Yeah, it was one new day at half time, and then we just sort of found ourselves again. Um, so I'm hoping it's like a it's an odd one, minor glitch. Odd one. I mean, I, I, I've written down a few question marks here. I've got, I've got a whole series of question marks. One of which is um, we might as well get the get it out. I mean, the Harris's comments on Tuesday night were were, were astounding in many ways, and I, I'm not sure about the wisdom of kind of doing your dirty washing in public then. I don't know how you feel about it, but it felt a little bit like we we had a we had an unholy glimpse into the middle dressing room in that press conference. It wasn't yeah, a particularly pretty yeah. sight, was it? It's been one again where that <coughs> that's, that's split opinion um think well and I'm split on the way he dealt with it because I think he did the right thing. I think he's looked at that not only from as being the manager of the club, I think he's looked at that from from a fan's perspective. I think that hurt him as a fan as well as the absolutely. manager. Um, absolutely yeah. and um He's gone after him, and he's really, really gone after him. He's gone after him early in the season, but I think he's, I think he's tried to, he's tried to nail down on that. He's tried to nip it in the bud early and, and take charge of his club and his dressing room. But, but on the flip side of that, he didn't really make any changes to go with his comments, did he? No, that was interesting as well. I mean, it was a, there was a slight sense of anti-climax when I checked the the, the team um, roster before the game yesterday. <clears throat> I mean, I, th- I think it probably demonstrates. I mean, it was a high-risk gamble strategy, Dan, wasn't it? I mean, if you go public in this way, I mean, it's it's a, it's a card you can only play once, maybe twice, but you can't do it too often, right. otherwise you, you you blow it. Um, but the team didn't look terribly different. I think Williams' return, Abdu was out, so... Um, exactly, and, and Warren came back in, didn't he, and we pushed O'Brien over to the... Yeah, Warren well, back. His comments, saying people don't want to play for the club, was it, 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 he wasn't aiming at Fergie and, and Abdi. We know that anyway. So I tell you what, he reminded me of Dan. I tell you what, he reminded me. I, I, I have an ex-wife from from my previous previous lives, <laughs> and she was given to make the most extreme statements as a matter of course. And after a while, it gets fucking boring. You can't keep on doing this. So that my 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 advice, my my, my what, what I have to give Neil Harris any advice. I don't know, but you can only do this. A very limited number of times, Neil. So we can't be hearing about this yeah, anymore, can we? Yeah. Um, keep it behind the dressing room. That's true. <laughs> anyway, I don't know if got my ex-wife into this show, but anyway, there we are. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, two-one victory yesterday in the event. Um, it was a it was a reasonable. I mean, the, the result was everything there. I mean, the, the first half I felt we started well up to the goal, and then we just took our foot off the petrol pe- pedal, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, we did the full, yeah, we started well. Um, it's, it's tough, especially at home. It's so quick. Some of the crowd so quick, like booing and stuff. Absolutely, um, absolutely. I actually accused it of well, Peter Bra. Um, I heard him shout, if we have two more games like this, then Harris has got to fucking go. <laughs> so, she's the sort of stuff you're dealing with. But, no, yesterday we started well. Um, Williams, I've publicly slated him, but he, he did well yesterday. Great finish. Um, yeah, he did. And I then thought... we didn't really look, we didn't look in too much danger, did we? And then, well, we shouldn't have done. We shouldn't have done, Dan. No, no, you're yeah. right. Um, and it was just—I mean, good, good opening goal, well taken, well finished. Um, but what a sloppy equaliser to concede, mate. Well, I mean, listen, I'm not Tony Craig's biggest fan of no. the way he's been playing, but I don't think he was at fault for that. I think, all right, he took a fresh air shot at it, but Archer wasn't unsighted. The ball didn't change his flight path. Um, it's a basic goalkeeping error, as far as I'm concerned. He's he wasn't right next to him. He was a good three yards in front of him, and Archer just took his arm. The boy's gone through his legs. But um, yeah, it's in... a thing on Twitter. He thought it was, but for me, absolutely Archer. So you, you you take Archer in that situation. I, I mean, I, I'm equally. I'm, I'm you know I'm not going to form a Tony Craig fan club, mate. So we'll have to leave that out of the <laughs> out of the um off the agenda. But I, I I felt he was a weak link in that central defence all game. Um, I take the point that Archer maybe could have done better. Um, but it was it was it was it was a soft as shit goal to concede given the circumstances uh, after the week we've just had. To be honest, I was amazed. I was amazed that Craig played. Um, 
we looked so flat at the back. Um, if we wasn't for Webster, um, he played really well yesterday again. He's we a man mountain, shit. man of the match for me. Yeah, Webster. Um, oh, you just you just get better and better, and he's as he goes on. And I think the thing is as well, like we've lost when you get rid of a player. I think a lot of talk of Gregory and Matt Morrison. It's not just much the player; it's the partnership you break up. And I think we've seen that now with Beavers and Webster. Yeah. You don't just lose a player, you lose a partnership of two guys that are used to playing each other and know each other's game. And I think that's really starting to show how much we're missing Beavers now. I mean, one of the things Neil questioned on, on Tuesday, and to a degree I wonder where it was going to go when, when that sloppy equaliser was conceded, was the mental strength or the mental attitude, whatever way you want to put it, of the squad. And I, I, I do think there are still some question marks over, over their... Um, their willingness to to kind of fight. I mean, to go one nil up, you really do need your your senior players to take control of the situation. And we just looked like we wanted to, um, you know, coast for the rest of that half. And I, I thought that was that was very poor on Mill's part. Yeah, yeah, a lot of um, a lot of long ball in there. I mean, the wind didn't help. Good wind factor, but yeah, it's, I mean, same thing with Peterborough. You're just looking at it and thinking, who's going to take? Who's going to grab the scruff? You're going by the scruff of yeah. and take charge. Say as a senior player, which. Morrison tried to do with Peter Rubert. Yeah, I mean, second. I mean, come out the second half, he looked like he'd, uh, he'd stuck a rock out their ass, didn't he? And they, we, could, we could have scored three in the first five minutes of their second half, but we didn't. And then it sort of died a death for about 20 minutes after that. Yeah. And then we had a, we had a good go, didn't we, last 10? Um, clearly, whatever got said at half-time needed to be said. I mean, I don't know. Um, we, we're not privy to that either, yesterday anyway. Um, so, yeah, we, we've opened up with all guns blazing the second half. Probably should have taken one of those chances. I, I think Gregory had a couple of opportunities where... I the, mean, the one-on-one, yeah. Yeah, the, one. the ball bobbled a bit, didn't it? And, um, you know, it, it didn't go... Um, but that said, it was a much better attitude, much better opening um, opening salvo. And I must admit, as as the game was getting towards the kind of late part of the half, Dan, I was I was starting to wonder whether Sheffield might get a little bit lucky down their end. I mean, they, they didn't show much in the whole game. I think um, um, no, they, one shot and goal. Yeah, but um, I was, you only need one chance, in, you know, and that would have yeah. been that would have been the sucker punch. But as it was, um, we got lucky with that late penalty. I mean, it was it was a, it was a strange penalty to concede, wasn't it? A man didn't seem to be under much oh. pressure at all. I couldn't believe it. I said to uh, someone yesterday, I think he must have had that in his accumulator because just, uh, I watched it back last night on the, uh, I watched it back on the, on the thing last night and the, the goals are showing TV and he, he even had the cheek to go and try and argue with the ref after. <laughs> it's, um, it's a poor league, Dan. There's a poor players. I thought Sheffield United looked awful yesterday. I mean, I'm not saying we were exactly Barcelona, but um, no. they looked terrible and we've, you know, I, I wasn't there Tuesday so I don't know about Peterborough but, um, you know, it's, it's just interesting. It's a very poor quality of, of football overall, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they didn't have like, anything that's all too off. I think their best player was, their most notable player is Billy Sharp and he's sort of coming towards the end of it now, isn't he? Um, yeah. Tuesday, Peterborough looked lively but then they've gone, but then they've gone and lost yesterday. Uh, Pikey's lost 5-0 at Scumford. I think, it's one of them, again, this year of the league, anyone could beat anyone on their day. I mean, um, our race car for me, Steve Morrison, that was a coolly taken penalty, wasn't it? I mean, as I put it in my, my little match report, it's like he took a stroll to the local shop on a Sunday morning to take that, and it, <laughs> it went, in, went in the bottom line corner. You know, just what you needed in the, what was a tense situation given the week that we've just had, and I thought he just put that well so well. Yeah, to be, I mean, I think Gregor's is the regular penalty taker, but I, yeah. I would rather have Morrison on him. Wait, he steps up, he just... You just know he knew. I could see, see there's actually a good uh, photo on the website of it from, from the other, from behind the goal. And he's got a little bit of a smirk on his face as he's leaving his foot. He just sort of it was absolutely nailed on. He knew it was going to be in, and uh, that's what he got the um, experience head for, isn't it? In there, absolutely. A couple of talking points from the team selection. I mean, O'Brien's role on the um, on the wing is 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 always going to be a. Um, you know, a matter of some debate when we've got uh, is it Greg Wilde sitting on the bench? Um, this is really fucking puzzling me, that one. It really is. Yeah, and Ferguson, obviously, one that I think he's one of the inflated super egos that didn't start from Tuesday night. But um, you know, it's it's an odd an oddity. I think it's, managers fall into this trap sometimes, Dan, they're trying to accommodate strikers in unfamiliar roles because they don't want to leave them out. Exactly. And, and it, it exactly don't work, that. does it always? No, no, exactly that. I mean, he's got Aidan O'Brien, who started the season well. Um, don't yeah. get me wrong, but he's not left-footed. He's not a left midfielder. And then you've got... He's come off to be replaced by Fergie, who yeah. I didn't want to be there Tuesday at the club at all. Um, and so now, while we didn't have third choice left mid, and we just signed him in the summer. 
can't yeah. work out whether he's not fit, whether Harris is now thought anyone he's actually not good enough, he's local, but I don't know what's going on. I think Harris is trying to reconcile what he would like to do. I mean, I think he would have liked to have made a few more changes to that team yesterday. But the harsh fact is, and whether we like it or not, this is this is the fact of the matter. The squad doesn't have much depth, it doesn't have much quality once you get past the first choice eleven, Dan. And I think, you know, you just he does just doesn't have the kind of players, developed players, that he can bring in and and, and you know make make yeah, his point. Yeah. It's a it's a problem, I mean, isn't it? Another, um, yeah, it is definitely. I mean another one for me is um is Fred. I mean they're bringing him on, Fred, he just yeah. doesn't have a lot of thought whatsoever to me. And then I mean what's happened to Philpot and Twilight, where have they gone? Yeah, I mean, Fred is, Fred is, they're persisting with Fred, but he's looking like a little lost lamb that's wandered out the field and fell in the river or something at the moment. He doesn't, he, he, yeah, he doesn't know what to do with himself. It's frustrating to watch. Um, it's not I, very frustrating to watch. Yeah, I mean, he's got the skills, but he's not showing them. He, I mean, he only had eight minutes yesterday and a bit of, um, uh, you know, uh, extra time, but not enough to really do anything. But he just doesn't look like he's going to do anything. And I think he's, he's in danger, Fred. No. Um, yes, um, it's, it's just weird because when, when I was looking at the team in the summer, I was thinking this is what we need, and then all of a sudden it's just it's shifting now. I mean, defence is a massive problem. I think um, I don't, I don't, I don't really rate a lot of the no Webster and Romeo. Other than that, I don't, I don't rate uh, Ferguson in the back. I don't really rate Joe Martin. He takes a nice free kick, but I don't think he's the answer. I mean, there's a lot of talk on the net, the midfielder coming in. I think Andy Ambler in the week was talking about, or there's something that someone posted about, there's a chance of a midfielder coming in, but it's, it's defence, I'll make you right. I mean, all, all good teams are built on a solid defence, and our defence... Of course. Our defence looked very rattly yesterday, Dan. I thought at any time Sheffield um, actually got the ball and ran with it, we looked a little bit at sixes and sevens, didn't we? Yeah, well, just don't, just don't forget they've rocked on the league, so... I mean, yeah. next week at Chesterfield, I'm... I'm I mean, I'm going to go, but I'm seriously worried about what might happen. Um, yeah. He needs to get the old dollars out of the chairman, then he, and, and splash some cash, but I, I don't think that'll happen. I think we'll, we'll grab in a loan more yeah. than likely. Um, um, I mean, if it's a season-long loan, then that's that's probably um, not the worst thing in the world that we could do, but I, I, I make you right. I think that, you know, the basis of that team is is should be defence, but also our playing style at times. We are a little bit one-dimensional, mate, aren't we? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think... I think we've got the players here to play a lot more football than we do going forward. Yeah. Um, not the back. Um, and I, I actually put this out there on Twitter the other day. I said, you know, we was getting overrun at Peterborough. They had three in midfield and just completely overrunning us. And if I, I don't like to criticise anyone really in the team, especially Harris, yeah. the manager, but there was too many up. When they're three in midfield, just completely overrunning us. I think we could have, we, we need a plan B at times. You know, we need, we need to look at alternate. Absolutely. Not 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 for not forever, but just you know, if it's not working one day, we, we need different alternatives, and I think. Yeah, we don't we pass. Of, we don't pass it much. No. I mean, I, I'm I'm the last bloke on earth to to criticise a direct style of football. Is what I I like to see personally. But it can't just be lumping forwards to uh, Morrison and, and Gregory all the time. It's got to be. There's got to be something else, and we just seem to lack that something else at times. So. Yeah, it's thing like the O'Brien thing. So. If you played, if you played a, a three-five-two, right, we need we need more centre halves. Um, Absolutely. I actually think I actually think in time Romeo could play centre half. He's very quick. He can play football. I think in time as he matures, he could he could come in field um, maybe, maybe swing beyond Webster and another centre half. And then if you play um, Thompson and, and uh, Williams just in front of that, yeah. And then you know if you had Wild on the left, War on the right, and then Aidan O'Brien in behind the front too, I just think you know, it might work not better. Week, but yeah. Just, just we can play a lot more football because although we do play direct, I've in the last probably two games I've, I've never noticed it so much as and at Wembley as well how, how direct he was. And I'm saying to people, we're just lumping it long, and everyone's like, "Well, this is what we're playing." I'm like, I've not noticed it to this extent. <laughs> we, we, I think it's the, there's a cut. I mean, Wembley's probably the greatest contrast of all because we had Barnsley there that could had players to pass the ball and move it around at pace, and we just looked so slow and and you know, like I say, one dimensional is the only expression I've got. And it was so predictable, yeah. and and of course, you know, teams find you out at a certain point. Um, so we're, look, we're looking a bit like uh, we're looking a bit like England at the back. I think it's <laughs> very flat, very slow. Uh, yeah, I'm not even mean that in a funny way, but you know, yeah, flat at the back, and just like one ball, just one ball, one flick, and that's it. We're done. Do you know what I mean? Now, it wouldn't be Millwall, Dan, if we couldn't produce, um, if from, a, from a decent enough result in the end, if we couldn't produce a public relations nightmare out of it. Um, I want to I I, I dwell, if I can, on Ballgate, football gate. Um, for any listeners that don't know what I'm talking about, I, I don't know where you've been for the last uh, 24 hours, but around about the 91st, 92nd minute, Mill leading 2-1. 
the ball goes out of play into the uh, the slower stands, and where well, you sit down when you did it, mate, was it? Um, so a, a, chap in the, a chap in the crowd has kept hold of the football. Pretty silly thing to do. Let's let's say that from the very start. Um, the the ball's been thrown backwards, and anyway, is the ball's not come back to the player, and there's a bit of verbals going on as, I, as from what I could see. Um, and then a replacement ball got thrown out from the side and everyone thought that was that. Um, it transpires, um, according to Lewisham Metropolitan Police Twitter, that the and the club in, in cahoots with them, they've, they've actually gone and nicked this bloke outside for theft of a football. I, I can't... I, I actually don't have the words to describe what an overreaction that is for a moment of silliness. Yeah, unbelievable. Um, I actually think... Um well, it was, it was where I was sitting. It was in block 46, exactly where the people I sit with. And um, we've got a group chat. I watched that group. One of them yeah. last night it was in. I don't know whether he was joking, but... Okay. If he's been nicked over that, you just, you know, give, they get the ball back. Come on, let's not mess around. Get, get the ball off of him at the stadium. Tell him off. If he must, if you really, really must do something, then... Make it make him not be out of ten for a game or two, or I don't know something, something just a little tap on the wrist style of approach. Yeah, yeah. It's silliness, and yes, it broke the flow of the game a little bit. And I, I, I thought it was you know maybe the chat was under the influence of one or two um, light hours or something. I, I think it was that kind of approach, wasn't it? But nicking him, yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. Apparently, it was done out, out externally. Out, it was where he's parked up. He's parked in um, one of the local side streets, um, and a, a meat wagon's gone round, loaded up with four or five coppers. And they've arrested the poor sod um, for having for a theft of a football, which I I just think Millwall and and the Metropolitan Police I mean, they they seem to want to play a it's like a showtime role. They're trying to impress the FA to um, you know show that they they crack down hard on these unruly fans, and I just think it's absolutely lunacy. Um, shame on Millwall, shame on the Metropolitan Police for taking that course of action. I say. Um, yeah, I mean, that, have they done that on this? Have they done that on? Your football club say so. What is that? Well, the I mean the, the tweet I've got it here. Lewisham MPS Metropolitan Police Service. Um, the, the, the club the, they're acting in, in, with a club to working to turn around the perception of some that some have in the media. Ultimately, say the Metropolitan Police, it's theft. Now, there's a lot that goes on in London, down there. There's a lot of crime that happens. And my line of work, yeah. I do. I could take you to places where drug dealing takes place on the street in broad daylight, and no one, no, the police do not seem to give a shit about that. Um, where people live, and there's kids, and there's working people living there, you know, of all of all backgrounds, and they want to nick someone for stealing a match football. I, I just think the the contrast is it's a public relations disaster, and I can't believe Millwall has allowed itself to get dragged into this. Um, as I say, shame on the on the club for actually going down this route. And I think we just—it's—it's it's just one more—it's one more way that fans get alienated, down, isn't it? I mean, this is why people give up. Yeah, yeah. I think um, I, I looked yesterday. I said to you know the crowd of rockets suffered just on the back of that defeat. Absolutely. Um, our block was a little bit more empty than usual, and, and yeah, this is um, again this is the reason why I've, I've I've started the channel because I want to show the good side of us. You know, I know there is a lot of lot of people just like me and you that say law abiding citizens that like to go to the game, have a laugh, and yeah. People end up just, you know, we get tired by this brush that no one wants to be near us, no one wants to know us, and we're all Rowans, which, you know, it's, it's not true. Not Absolutely. I'm, I'm going on to Lions TV because I, I, um, we were talking about it off air earlier on, um, and you've set up the, this YouTube channel. You're doing the, the fan videos, which I think um, some are very good. I, I retweeted one that you did with a chap called Tony yesterday outside the ground, really knowledgeable guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Those ones really work. We were just talking about it before we we we, we switched on the recording. Um, those ones really work. Oh, yeah. Was that not on here? I thought you were doing the best jokes on that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm all, uh, all serious. I'm hoping I'm recording this at the moment. My, my classic is have, have a conversation, then find and press record. Um, no, I record it. <laughs> Listen, I've, I've done that before. Um, but no, um, I really admire what you're doing with the channel, Dan. And, and I know there's a lot of flack that comes your way on on Twitter and on the, on the message boards, my message to you, mate, is do not give a shit. Do what you're doing. I, I, I like what you're doing. And I think a lot of people do. Or well, you've got followers now that show that people would like what you're doing. Yeah. Well, you say exactly right what you say. I mean, uh, a couple of years ago, I wouldn't have had, I wouldn't have been able to do this because I was too worried about what people think. And, um, yeah, the circumstances change in, in my life. And I, I just thought, you know what, I'm just going to have a go at something I know I'll be good at. I know that I do for a living. And, don't really care what people think. Um, to be honest, if I'm not on um, 
the, uh, what do you call it, something else then? What's it called? House of Fun? House of Fun. They're poster boy, aren't I? You are the poster boy, mate. They love you on there. <laughs> they love you on there. So hello to anyone who's on House of Fun. Um, but no, I mean, I think the cameras just scare a lot of people. And, and Absolutely. Like, a lot of my mates, like, oh, you know, it's real gr- grass TV. I don't want to grass anyone up for being an ex-arm robber. I don't want anyone to no. grass anyone up for, for fighting and handing to the police. I want to, like yesterday with Tony, I want to sit and have a chat about our team. It's just an extension, really. And a more modern day version of yeah. the House of Fun, I think. You know what I mean? Can, you can express your, your opinions. You, you won't be able to get them across. You know, I'll, what I say to you is come and have your say. Yeah. And then, you know, don't just get, just don't get, just get to watch what you're being shown. Make your own, make your own statement. You know? well, modern technology allows this. Um, as you say, people can come round, and some some of the interviews are a lot better than others. You you know that you're not you're not silly. Oh, you, yeah. you you can you can recognise quality from the other side of things, um, and it don't don't always um, it don't always go the way you would want it. But when it does go right, I'm, I'm just nominating Tony. Yes, he's one that I picked out. I thought the man came over brilliantly well, and that's that's the kind of thing that people will watch. And, and more power to yeah, your elbow, exactly. mate. Um, well, he's, um, you know, I'm hand-picking them now because so I've had a lot of shit off some people. I can only interview turn up and if someone wants to kind of have a chat about the game, brilliant, but yeah. some people come on there some weeks and, and I've had a few mates go, he's not popping me. Oh, you had that fucking idiot on there. Well, I'm not... Yeah, how, you gonna, how are you going to know that? How are you going to know that? Though? I mean, you're, you're standing at the, the rear exit gate. In case anyone don't know, Dan sets up after the game um, at the Surrey Canal end of the ground, don't you, Dan? By the gates there. Cold blow lane it. Um... And as you say, you can only interview those that walk over. I, I do think the camera is an intimidating thing. The microphone's an intimidating. I've, I've tried doing f- similar things with my little microphone, and um, it's amazing how people run a mile when you stand in no, front of them. I, I can understand it because I've, you know, you know, I managed to take me a lot when I was a bit younger, and I've, I've been like, people go, do you want to say something? And just, just people do freeze. I mean, the mate of mine was supposed to do an interview yesterday. Yeah. Um, and he went, yeah, I'll do one. And he'd come round. I mean, I went to. I went to MK Don's and we drove me up there and he yeah. saw the camera and he was like, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I can't. He <laughs> literally can't do it, which is, you know, it's understandable. But with the, um, so it's all a learning curve. And with the interviews now, I'm going to be, I mean, even I'll go as far as some weeks and as I say, I won't do it unless I've got the right sort of people. I, I think that's the right them approach. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. The player interviews you've been doing, Dan, have been, have been excellent. <laughs> I really enjoyed those, mate. Yeah, lovely. So, yeah, I mean, the, the first few went, went okay. Um, yeah. But um, the last two have been have been brilliant, but that's just been down to you know the characters I've had, um, Herlock and Ruddock. Yeah, might have come across quite similar. Um, yeah, but they're very different, um, very different sort of characters. Razor does that for a living after the speaking and yeah. blah, blah, and it's it, it's not an act, but you know he knows he knows how to work or how to sort of thing. But Terry was actually really nervous. Um, I was actually shitting myself. I was going to ask yeah, you about that because I mean, I've done a little bit of the similar thing myself, and what people—I don't know how it comes across to um, listeners or to viewers in your case—but the nerves before you do an interview is quite something. It's, I, it chews me, chews me up inside. I, I did um, a few months ago. I got Tony Warner um, to do a, a, a piece with me, and you know, you don't want to make yourself sound like a dick, do you? You know, you're talking to somebody who, who you admire on the field of play, and. The nerves are equally as, however it is for the interviewee, it's, it's, it's as much for the interviewer, I think. Yeah, exactly. Well, luckily, I mean, I don't really suffer with nerves. Um, I just, I just be able to play, as you probably know, I play the Wally quite a lot. It works quite well. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, what do you want me to say to that? I'm around these people. I'm around these people every day. I'm really famous people in the public eye. And it means, it means nothing to me. But yeah. when I met him, oh, I was absolutely shitting myself. I was meeting him. He gives me the address of a pub. Which is meet me here, don't be late, don't forget the cash. So, don't forget the cash. <laughs> <laughs> this is where I'm going wrong, I'm trying to do it for nothing, mate. <laughs> I've, gone this, <laughs> I've gone to this estate in Essex, it's like saying, that's shame, this is Tuesday at like five o'clock, and I'm like, this will be all right, this will, this will be fine. It's, about, it's like a Saturday night in there, and they're all like 16 to 21, like, all uh, but it's all wearing West Ham shirts. Like, oh, here we go. What have I done here? I'm going to have to do this like, in front of them all. He bowls up the road and he's like, all right, boy. He's like, I'm sort of sound of back. And there's like, Terry Herlock, Terry Herlock. So he's playing from over there, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That's fine. He, he was nervous at first. And then when he got into the swing of it, he was absolutely loving it. I bet he did. It's a great interview. And they come over well. And, and well done to you for um, for doing those. I hope you're going to do a few more yet to come, Dan, because I think that really works. Yeah, I think... I think um, I'll be a bit more, again, selective about wh- wh- who I get out and 
who Excellent. I who I have on now. So I'm, I'm actually Denzel's actually a mate of mine, um, and he, we're working on now like a class of two thousand. Right, that'd be uh, nice. Sort of get four from around the table. Um, as hopefully, hopefully, an inroad to get Harris in. Um, right. I said to Denzel on the phone, they won't let him, and he said, "Why fucking not? I'll, I'll get him. Don't worry." So. <laughs> <laughs> he's a character he's certainly it. listen Dan it's been fantastic having you on the show mate but I'm going to close out today's um, piece I've got a little bit of an agony uncle I know I know that we, we spoke about this off air I'm going to do a little bit of an agony yeah, uncle yeah. bit now it's um, it's a post that I found on the house of fun by a bloke calls himself Kaiser Sose who I think was the, the arch villain of, of um what was the movie? Um, the usual suspects. There we are. The usual suspects. Quite a yeah. so-so. Don't so the the ultimate villain. Uh, and the, the the post is headlined my dinner with Liz Hurley. Um, uh, Kaiser uh, posts here that his bird, this is a, his, his bird's a thespian. Bird. Fes, yeah, yeah, a thespian, Dan. That's a thespian, mate. Not not what you're thinking of. And he's fi- <laughs> she's filming with, with Liz. She's filming with Liz Hurley on a show called Royals, uh, third season of it. He's never seen it because Kaiser don't show much interest in his bird's work there. But um, apparently Liz Hurley's really nice and they've become friends. Now, by association, Kaiser has been, associ- has been invited to a barbecue at Liz Curley's gaff in a couple of weeks' time. Now, the thing is, Kaiser Post, and this is where we're going to need to give him some advice here, mate, it, um, it, it clashes with Chesterfield away, this barbecue at Liz Hurley's, and he hasn't been to Chesterfield since 1983, he writes, and he'd quite like to go back to the game. <laughs> He's in a bit of a dilemma. Should I go? Should I go and punt for a freeway? <laughs> or head north? Oh, head north for three points? <laughs> It's, it's romantic. It's it's love. Love is not 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 dead, is it? Um, I, I think my advice. I don't know where you're going to come in from from this angle on, on this Dan, but my advice to Kaiser would be try and do the two. You need to be swiftly. I don't know where Liz lives. I would imagine it's somewhere out in Hertfordshire or you know Berkshire or some place like Buckinghamshire, um, Chesterfield by. But it's a cab job, really, isn't it? You need to you need to pay the money and get yourself there after the game, though. You need to go to the game and then get yourself down there afterwards. Yeah, um, his name's <laughs> Kaiser. Kaiser Sodan. He's a near wall fan. Yeah, I think he's probably punching above his weight. He's having a free ball when he's early. <laughs> <laughs> if he can, if, he, if he's quick, if you know what I mean, he'd probably do both, couldn't he? But um, it's a tough one because I'm divorced and twice engaged, so I'm not really in a place to give it. <laughs> <laughs> Get off the. That's why I'm. That's why I'm sitting in my one bed flat on my own pants on Sunday morning. Talking to you and not. <laughs> I'm glad. That woman out for a nice trip with <laughs> I'm glad this is a sound podcast and not a video effort in that case, Dan. Fantastic, mate. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Thanks for coming on the show, Dan. We'll let you. Thanks, mate. Let you go, mate. Um, we'll do it again sometime, I hope, and um, yeah. catch up soon. You going to Chesterfield? I am going to Chesterfield. Yeah, you. You. You're, yeah, I'll you're there. You I'll, I'll, I'll catch yeah. you. All the best, Dan. Thanks for doing it. Cheers, Nick. Thanks. So, for take care. You've been listening to Octoon Millwall, the CBL Magazine podcast. That's the Millwall News this week, and we are out of here. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more 
and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.